You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit that subscribe button. It's been a couple weeks since my last podcast. As you know, if you follow and subscribe, you know that I went to uh, Nepal. I actually did the Mount Everest base camp trek. I remember the joke. I like to tell everybody, yeah, I summited Mount Everest base camp. You got to just slide the base camp in there nice and quiet. A little delay after you say Mount Everest. Let them be like, oh my gosh. And you're like, base camp. So as they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did it. You're kind of slipping in the base camp. So no, but it it actually was an incredible experience. Um, A lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Mainly because I got sick. I got a bad stomach bug. Uh, Asia and my stomach don't usually go well together. Um, I love going over to Asia. It is a freaking long ways away. My flight to get there, so I flew to Singapore, went, went and hung out in Singapore for a few days with my buddy, and then we went together to um, to Nepal and did this you know trek with the group. So I was three days in Singapore, and then uh, two days in Kathmandu, then nine days on this trek. Uh, so you're hiking every single day, getting up higher and higher in elevation. Really cool cultural experience, but yeah, for four days... Um, I could not keep any food in me and I was kind of just wrecked physically, but I did make it to the end. I made it all the way to base camp, which is quite the feat. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the air is very thin up there. Um, really cool experience. So that's why I didn't do a podcast the last couple weeks. I did follow the playoffs from afar as best I could. Believe it or not, we did have Wi-Fi occasionally on the trek. Um, and so I've been following the playoffs just fine. And uh, I've been back for several days, enough time to watch the Jazz get knocked out of the first round. And so we're going to talk a lot about that right now. The Jazz have to blow this thing up, right? I mean, my last podcast was about whether or not we should trade Donovan Mitchell, we should trade Rudy Gobert, we should fire Quinn Snyder. And then I realized, well, we're still the Utah Jazz. Like, we're still in Salt Lake City. Uh, It's still not a hot market to attract superstars, right? Donovan's still very young. Rudy is young. They're great anchor pieces. It feels like you've got to make it work somehow, right? Well, now we've hit that point of insanity if we don't blow it up, right? The definition of insanity that we all know, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So the results are crystal clear for the Utah Jazz. We are in a steady decline, Um so in 2020, we blew a, blew a 2 nothing series lead uh, to the Denver Nuggets. In 2021, we blew a 3-1 series lead to the Kawhi-less Clippers. Okay? They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They still beat us after we were up 3-1. 2022, we led the league in uh, blowing double-digit fourth-quarter leads in the regular season. And now you add to that list, we just got knocked out of the first round to the Dallas Mavericks in six games when the Mavericks have Luka Doncic and then just a bunch of random guys. Like, there is no other superstars. There's not even any other all-stars. There's no other kind of stars on the Dallas Mavericks outside of Luka. Not one. And Luka didn't play the first three games. Think about that. Luka didn't even play the first three games, and we still lost in six. That's how bad the Jazz were this postseason. Jalen Brunson... 
is apparently the greatest player in the world. Last year, it was Dylan Brooks in the first round. We were able to squeak out of that one against the Grizzlies. We made Dylan Brooks look like a superstar. This year, we made Jalen Brunson look like look like a superstar. Um, the Jazz defensively, uh, especially in the backcourt, are pretty weak. And so there's just some major changes that need to take place. You can't expect every Jazz fan out there that's thinking, no, 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 we got to keep it. We got to run it back. We got to... We're going to get him next year. No, no, you're wrong. We blew a 2-0 series lead in 2020. We blew a 3-1 series lead in 2021. We just got knocked out of the first round uh, to the Dallas Mavericks without Luka for three of the six games, and they don't even have any other players that are worth talking about. We are in a steady and obvious decline. Not a nosedive, but a decline. So major, major changes need to take place. And there's a few scenarios here, but you got to blow it up. That's the number one thing is you got to blow it up. Um, it is tough to get talent here, but we've got pieces in place. We can, we can. This is where GM's got to earn their money. Ryan Smith, this is a bad look right now. As the owner, you've taken over and things are steadily declining. So um, <clears throat> let's worry less about politics and more about basketball because you're a basketball team owner. And so we got to see something change. It's got to be pretty drastic. Um, and so there's a few scenarios, right? One thing is this. There is this big argument um, that Donovan would typically win for the last couple of years about who's better out of Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. Well, now, if I'm being honest, that argument is, is, is laughable. It's laughably in favor of Devin Booker. If I'm choosing between the two, I don't even have to think twice. I'm taking Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the better player. He will have the better career. He's who I would want. He just is. I think he's humbler. He's like more confident, yet also humbler, um, more humble. He's he, he's the more consistent player. He's the better all-around player. He's a true hooper. He's a better shooter. He's a little bit bigger. Um, it's not even close to me anymore. I used to be all in Donovan's corner, and I'm not anymore. I think that uh, Devin Booker is clearly better. But Donovan Mitchell's still an all-star. He's still a fantastic player. He's still a fantastic young piece. But my gut does tell me that he's not that guy. My gut tells me Donovan Mitchell is not that guy. I don't think Donovan Mitchell will be the number one guy on a championship caliber team. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I could be wrong. Because then the flip side of that is I look at what we have around him and I'm like, well, gosh, he doesn't have a Chris Paul like Devin Booker does. Donovan doesn't have a Kyrie Irving like Kevin Durant does. He doesn't have a Chris Middleton like Giannis does. He doesn't have a Jalen Brown like Jason Tatum has. Um, uh, what are some other examples? You know, he doesn't have a Clay Thompson like Steph Curry has. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of examples of these kind of higher caliber teams where you know what they've got a really solid number two option for scoring. The Jazz don't have that. Um, Rudy is not a scorer. He's a defensive superstar, and he's an average offensive player. Um, Jordan Clarkson is a, a good scorer, but he's a very streaky scorer. He comes off the bench. He's, uh, he's pretty inefficient, actually. Shoots, he's a high-volume, low-percentage shooter. So can't compare him to those guys I just mentioned. Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, uh, Chris Middleton, Kyrie Irving, um, Clay Thompson, right? He doesn't fit that mold at all. Bogey might be our closest thing, 
and he's nowhere near any of those guys' level either. Uh, Mike Connolly is in a steady decline. He's getting worse and worse each year, it feels like, and his postseason play is even worse than that. And so he's not it. So so Donovan really doesn't have much help offensively. And this year, you know, we, we averaged in this series against the Mavericks, we averaged 99 points per game, which was like 14 points less than we averaged in the regular season. So clearly there's some major issues going on there. And you can't really point at Donovan for most of that because his numbers stay pretty much the same. It's the supporting cast. And so, so there's different scenarios. Do you trade Donovan? Because Donovan, my gut tells me he's not the guy. My gut also tells me that he's not going to stay beyond his current contract. In fact, I think there's a decent chance he requests a trade before his current contract is up. So do you try and get out ahead of that and go get other pieces you know, in return for him? That's one option, right? Another option is fire Quinn Snyder. Just be like, hey, you know what? These pieces are here. Like, We have... We have what uh, the Bucks have. We have what the the Suns have. We have what the uh, Miami Heat have, right? Like, we do. We have great players. Um, we don't have, like I say, we don't have that bona fide number two scorer. I do think that can make a difference. But we're not that far off, right? Like, we do have Clarkson, who's a good scorer. We do have Bogey, who's a good scorer. Um, and so maybe the answer is fire Quinn Snyder. Another scenario is... Get rid, of, get rid of Rudy Gobert. Rudy is a guy that could you could absolutely get a, a stud all-star scorer um, in return for Rudy Gobert. You absolutely could. He's a multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year winner. He's a consistent first-team all-defense uh, player. He's a consistent all-star. He's a walking double-double. He's the ultimate rim protector. Um, you could absolutely go and get a Chris Middleton-level player in exchange for Rudy Gobert. So maybe that's the answer, right? Um, and I kind of like that one because I don't think Conley is very movable. I think his contract is kind of heavy. His age is getting up there. His production is declining. I'm not sure you're going to get a whole lot in exchange for him. And so I don't even know if you get anything in exchange for him, maybe. But um, so I don't think Conley is, is the answer. If you could package Bogey and Clarkson, to get that that uh, that next you know bona fide all star scorer in exchange for two guys you know like that that would be the answer for sure that way you get to keep Rudy you get to keep Donovan um, and then you add another all star to the mix that would be phenomenal the chances of that happening though are very very slim um, especially in the NBA trades are all about who gets the best player right you can't package two good guys and because six guys can't be on the court at once and so even though you could look at it and be like oh well jordan clarkson and bogey together they average like 35 a game and this one guy only averages 25 that's not how it works because there's only one ball there's only five players on the court at a time there's only so many shots to go up so whoever gets the best player wins the trade so i don't think that would work if you could pull it off you know if they could pull some magic trick and get uh, somebody to agree to that that would be the answer i don't think that's possible though so a lot of different scenarios, um, but it's a little frustrating because it feels like it feels like the Phoenix Suns are doing what the Utah Jazz should be doing. It feels like what they're doing is is like what we should have done last year. They went to the finals and it felt like felt like we should have. It felt like we were that team, right? We had the best record in the league. We had best point differential. We were like number one offensive rating, defensive rating, point differential. You name it, and it all just kind of fell apart in the playoffs. We blew a three one lead to a a better team um, who had superstars. 
And now this year, the Suns have taken that next step. They lost in the finals. Looks like they're probably favorites now to win it all. Um, best record in the league by a mile. Kind of struggled in the first round, but they got out of it. Booker was gone for a couple of those games. Um, I think you'll see them get through the second round just fine against the Mavericks, something that the Jazz couldn't do in the first round. Um, but it feels like what you're watching the Heat do, what you're watching the the Bucks do, what you're watching the Suns do, it feels like that's what the Jazz should be doing. So maybe the answer is Quinn Snyder. Make a big change there. Make the pieces work. Get a coach that can make it work. Um, but here's here's what my gut tells me deep down is the best move. I think the best move... And this is tough. I've gone through all the scenarios. Even as I say this, it's like I'm hesitant to truly say it because I just I just don't know for certain if this is how I feel. But that's not my job. My job is not to know what to do. My job is, well, this isn't even my job. This is just a hobby. But it's the job of ownership and management to figure out what the move is. But we know for certain that something big must change. Not a small change, not a Joe Ingles change, not a, not a Royce O'Neal change. Not a bogey change. Something big. I'm talking Rudy, Donovan, or Quinn. One of those three can't be here next year if the Jazz want to get different results, right? So that's management's job to figure it out. My suggestion at this point in time would probably be Rudy Gobert. Trade Rudy Gobert. And here's why. And I went back and forth on this. And I'm all over the map. But here's why. We've already got Hassan Whiteside. And Hassan Whiteside's numbers are actually quite good. He averages almost as many blocks as Rudy, but in like a fraction of the minutes. He's easily easily a double-double guy if he gets Rudy-type minutes. So if you trade Rudy in exchange for... It's all, it's all about value over replacement, right? So if you trade Rudy away, you replace him immediately with somebody who's already on the roster. So... He's already there. You don't have to trade for his replacement. His replacement is already on your roster, sitting on the bench. Hassan Whiteside would start for most teams, but he doesn't for the Jazz because he's not quite Rudy Gobert. But you can more easily replace Rudy with somebody you already have than you can Donovan, right? And in exchange for Rudy, you could go get a bona fide second scorer, an all-star level second scorer. Not a superstar, but an all-star level second scorer. I'm talking a guy like a Chris Middleton. You know, I'm not saying Chris Middleton's on the market, but um, someone of that caliber who's like barely making the all-star game, but he's going to average 20 plus a game consistently. You can count on him. You can take it to the bank. He's going to give you 22 points a night. So then you've got Donovan averaging 25, 26. You've got, you know, whoever averaging 20, 21, 22. You've got Hassan Whiteside filling in the gaps for Rudy um, and getting his double-double and averaging two, three blocks a night. I think that's the answer. I think that's the best scenario. There's all sorts of talk. There has been for years that Rudy and Donovan aren't getting along well. They, of course, always deny it. The Jazz always deny it. But the results are continuing to decline. And so to me, it's like get rid of one of those guys. And Rudy, to me, is the better answer of the two. He is. You give you give Donovan a chance to, to win here and hopefully want to stay because if you're winning, you stay. If you're losing in the first round, Blowing 2-0 series lead, blowing 3-1 series leads, um, losing in the first round to a bunch of nobodies. That's not exactly a recipe for keeping superstars. We think Donovan is a potential superstar. He's an all-star, potential superstar. This gives you a chance to keep him around. Just say, hey, you know what? We're going to go get you your your Robin, your true Robin. You are Batman for the Utah Jazz. We're going to get you your Robin because it's not Mike Conley. It's not Rudy Gobert. 
those are decent pieces, but they're just pieces. I think somebody out there would be willing, maybe it's a three-way trade even, um, somebody out there though would be willing to take Rudy Gobert for team chemistry on their part to get, bring in you know another uh, bona fide scoring star, a scoring star. And then Hassan Whiteside fills in for Rudy. So that's my take there. Um, but one of those three guys needs to leave, Donovan, Rudy, or Quinn. One of those three absolutely has to leave unless you can pull a magic trick and get that bona fide score in exchange for Clarkson and Bogey combined, but that's not going to happen. So to me, one of those three guys needs to leave, and I think it should be Rudy. I think it should be Rudy. So Because I think you can most easily replace him while still getting a ton in exchange for him. To me, it's the, it's the no-brainer best decision. Um, and we'll see what the Jazz do. They've got to do something, though. They've got to do something. It's going to be a fun offseason. So sticking with the playoffs, um, I'm kind of rooting for the Warriors. I know that sounds weird. I know that's not very popular, but I'm kind of rooting for the Warriors. And here's why. What's not to like about Klay Thompson and Steph Curry? They're like super cool guys. They're funny. Zero off-the-court issues. Zero drama. Um, they're confident. I know they can be kind of like they dance and stuff, and that can be viewed as arrogant, but they're they're not the they're not that arrogant type. To me, they're just confident and and very still humble and kind. Um and they've just worked on their craft. They've just developed their games so thoroughly that it's like they they earned the talent that they have. They were given obviously they were given some God-given talent, but nothing like a John ja Morant, right? Or even a Donovan Mitchell. Um they they've earned it through repetition. I mean, Steph Curry is barely six foot three, can't really even dunk, you know, and yet he's one of the most dominant players in the league. Why? Because his ball handling skills are second to none, better than Kyrie. Yeah, that's right. I said it better than Kyrie. His passing skills are phenomenal and his shooting is second to none. And so through repetition, through hard work, they've developed the talent. And so to me... Watching and and then Clay's been out for two and a half years with like horrific injuries, Achilles, ACL, horrible stuff. To watch him come back and to watch these guys do it again after getting down in the dumps post KD and to come back and do it without KD while KD's getting swept in the first round. Um, that's kind of exciting. It's kind of exciting stuff. So I'm kind of rooting for the Warriors. I certainly want to see the Warriors. Um, beat the Grizzlies, and I want to see the Suns beat the Mavericks because to me, a Warriors-Suns matchup in the Western Conference Finals would be pretty epic. It'd be pretty freaking epic. So that's what I'm predicting will happen. Um, is the I think the Suns are going to beat the Mavericks. I think the the Warriors will beat the Grizzlies. They did just beat them in Game One today, even though Draymond got ejected. And that's the thing. I don't love Draymond Green, you know, so it's hard to cheer for the Warriors with him. But he's like fifth fiddle now. He's He's absolutely has always been behind Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but now he's even behind Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. Like those, those are the four most important players on their team. Certainly behind Steph, Clay, and Poole. You could maybe argue Draymond's the fourth most important ahead of Wiggins, but he certainly isn't third most important. I can promise you that. Poole, Clay, and Steph. Those are the top three guys. And you look at what Steve Kerr's doing with them, by the way, and it's like, why can't Quinn get this? Why can't he get this type of play? you know, out of out of uh, bogey and some of these guys. And, and maybe we need to go get that guy like a Jordan Poole. Like maybe we need to develop somebody like that. I don't know, but the Jazz just got to figure it out. But kind of root for the Warriors. So I think that you'll see Warriors and Suns in the in the conference finals. 
in the West. Probably give the slight edge to the Suns, but we'll have to see how things shake out over the next few uh, the next few games or the next week or so while this series goes um, next two weeks while these these uh, semifinals go because injuries play a huge role, right? Uh, I'd say the Bucks would be heavy favorites in the East, but they're without Chris Middleton. Interesting fact: the Bucks were seven and nine without Chris Middleton in the regular season, but they're four and zero without him in the playoffs. Four and zero. He's got a grade two MCL sprain, and so it's he's not coming back versus the Celtics this series, which means another two weeks, and then it's like we'll see after that. But he's probably will miss at least the first couple games in the conference finals as like a bare minimum. And then we'll just see, you know, how it's looking at that point. I think if you see them keep winning, they'll keep him out until they absolutely need him, not to risk anything. They're kind of like when the Warriors brought Kevin Durant back too soon and then he tears his Achilles. They don't want to do anything like that to Chris Middleton. But it could be a similar situation where it's like, hey, you know what? We need you and we need you right now. And maybe he comes back, you know, in game three or something of the conference finals. But we'll see. But I think you're going to see the Bucks beat the Celtics regardless. They did win game one today pretty handily, actually. Um, and then I think the Sixers and the Heat, that's a really good matchup. No Joel Embiid um, for at least the first couple games. Broke his face. Um, concussion protocol. He'll come back in this series, wear one of the, the you know those Phantom of the Opera masks. But um, it'll be interesting to see what James Harden can do as the clear-cut number one guy in Philly now. And his playoff record and resume are not that great. And so what will James Harden do as the clear-cut number one in Philadelphia? I'm excited to watch that. Um, I think you'll probably see the Heat win that series. I think there's a the slightly better team. And without Embiid for the first couple games, I think that gives them an even bigger edge. And so I think you'll see the Heat come out of that series. And then it gives you Bucks Heat in the finals, in the Eastern Conference finals, rather. If Middleton comes back, hands down, I'm going with the Bucks. If he doesn't, close series, I still probably would give a slight edge to the Bucks. But I'll tell you this, without Middleton... The, the the Western Conference Finals is essentially the finals, in my opinion, if Middleton doesn't come back for the Bucks, Because I don't see the Bucks getting past the Warriors or uh, the Suns if they don't have Chris Middleton. And so going to be a fun, going to be a fun uh, playoffs here. Right now, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, former Jasmine, Grayson Allen and uh, Pat Connaughton are filling in quite nicely, stepping up quite nicely in Chris Middleton's absence. So we'll see if that can keep going. But um, I think that's everything. That's the playoffs. That's where we're at. Thank you for being here. Please hit the subscribe button and know that I'm rooting for the Jazz. I'm not hating on the Jazz. I love the Jazz. And that's why I demand that they do something to change because we want greatness here in Utah. We don't want insanity. We don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result because... We've been getting the same result, playoff letdowns. Let's change that. Let's make a big shakeup. I'm I'm suggesting that it be Rudy Gobert. That's all the time I have for today. I am out. Peace. We got the same. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are